Kid in Spite, where I'm eventually going to figure out how I'm going to start these shows because I don't have the nice built-in thematically things that I have for Play Comics. But today, you get a treat because it's two guests in a row because I have a certified crazy person with me, Scotty Moore from Podcasts. I think that sums it up. Oh, well. snap. If you just if you want to steal my intro, just scream at the top of your lungs. That's how I begin the majority of my podcasts. Just very loud screaming. I might need to do that. It would actually go well with the new intro music, which you yeah. we're going to pretend you heard. And it was amazing. Oh, my God. It was so good. Was that Metallica? Did they do custom music for you? They did. And it was beautiful. And then we all had whiskey. Yes. Have you had their whiskey? I've yet to have it, but I've heard it's all right. I have not. I didn't even know that they had one. I just, for some reason, thought that they would be a whiskey band. And I guess I was right. Uh, well, whiskey, whiskey in the jar, obviously. It's been a day. I forgot that that song even existed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have a, a whiskey, though. It's called Blackened, I think. And of course because it it's Metallica. Yeah. I've yet to have a celebrity whiskey that's actually somewhat decent the cot that proper 12 the conor mcgregor whiskey is just basically like bottom of the shelf whiskey and then put in a fancy bottle no that's a waste yeah yeah, yeah. no like i'd rather just go buy a nice bottle of whiskey that didn't get signed by a man who once beat up an old woman i did not know that and i think i was okay not knowing that I don't think it was an old, it might have been an old man, uh, but I know Conor McGregor has gotten into a fight with an older person at one point, because the man's a, a, a walking psychopath. I think you might have to be to do UFC fights, though. Yeah, I mean, most of those guys, like, and I like it because I love pro wrestling, so for me, UFC has slowly, he's literally pulling from old school pro wrestling, Dana White is, and so for me, I'm like, okay, I can get into this. That's the bad guy. This is the good guy, but it's actual fighting. This is cool. So I brought you on here, though, because my friend Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss said, hey, you need to have this guy on your show, and he's trying to be on 5 million podcasts all at the same time. Yeah, basically, that's that's what I'm aiming at, is trying to be on as many podcasts as humanly possible. I'm aiming for 500 different appearances by the end of the year to set like a Guinness World Record, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, but yeah, it's I think I've done a show every single day for like the past two weeks. I've, I've not stopped. I think the most important question here is why have you decided to do this crazy thing? So one of my friends, it, it, his name's Megaran. He's a rapper. He has a Guinness World Record for the most, I think it's the most songs written about a specific video game franchise. And I can't remember if it's about Mega Man or Final Fantasy, but one of those I think is what earned him that title. And so I said, well, you're not allowed to be the only person I know with a Guinness World Record, so I'm going to jump in and take it. And I was originally going to do try to get the world record for longest-running episodic audio drama about professional wrestling. Then I realized, oh, no, we're the only one. And when I went to Guinness's website, they go, if you try to submit something that you're the only person that does it, you don't get points for that. We don't award you anything if you're the only person who does something. So then why not just get somebody else to do it so that you can have two people and obviously you've been doing it longer. Uh, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's not a bad... I, that's my secondary backup plan if this one's fails. Because at first I was like, this one seems... That seems too specific. And then I saw most songs written about a single video game franchise and I went, you know something? I think I'm... I think mine's pretty decent. But then I said... I don't guest on a lot of shows. I don't network as much as I should. I don't get to meet badass people as much as I get as much as I want to. So I said, well, let's try to be on as many podcasts as possible. And then that led me to people like Kate, people like you, the uh, cats over at Oh No Lit class. Like I've gotten to meet some amazing people over the past couple of weeks just through doing guest spots. Did you drop Oh No Lit class on purpose there? 
Um, I was just naming like some of my favorite. I mean, you, if you want me to keep going, Film I mean, Guff was great. Uh, I mean, you realize that Megan and RJ from Ona Lit Class are some of my closest podcasting friends, right? They're so cool. I they know. They're my favorite people. <laughs> So, and I loved doing the show because it was every other show I do. It's like, this is a show. Oh, no. Lit class was like, hey, we're going to talk. And if we just want to cut stuff in the future, we will. But we're just going to hang. And I was like, this is amazing. Awesome. What did you do with them? Uh, I did since I was a theater major in college. Big shock. I uh, I did the Glass Menagerie, the genuine worst play I think I've ever read in my entire life. And I was afraid at first because it is like a famous play that many people do adore. So I was worried that they would not share my sentiment. And then the first thing I heard when I logged into, I think we were recording on Skype, was Megan going, why did you make me read this? It is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I went, oh, good. Oh, good. We can talk. I was the genius who decided I was going to go on there and talk about Watership Down. Oh, my God. I yeah, watched the cartoon. That's too much. Yeah. I had to hold my stuff Snoopy for like three weeks as I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever got around to seeing the cartoon of it, but like through cultural osmosis, I know a lot about Watership Down. You're, so. you're okay. Don't do that. It's almost as bad as a thing I saw on Reddit today of a cat walking past where his cat friend was always hanging out with him and the cat friend wasn't there anymore. Oh, God. See, when it comes to like bad adaptations, the, uh, the one that's closest to my the front of my brain right now has to be the Artemis Fowl one that just came out. I've only seen a few clips from it, and I didn't grow up as, like, a big Artemis Fowl head, but even I'm offended with what Disney did with that flick. I haven't seen it. I haven't read it. I'm assuming that it has to be better than the last Avatar movie, because it just has to be. It's pretty on par from what I've heard. Like, many people are—someone said, I'm going to play Dragon Ball Evolution, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender— uh, Artemis Fowl, and then there was like one more they added it in and then just said I'm gonna just see which one's the worst and everyone in the comments was going don't do it you don't want to do this I mean I can just threaten my wife with watching Avatar or any of the Harry Potter movies and that, that does it right there because she hates them all <laughs> Harry Potter's a weird one for me I have a love-hate relationship with it the hate mostly comes from the person who wrote it and the fact that it's a terribly written series but the love comes from like the world is very fun i used to work at universal studios so i got to go to harry potter world all the time so i'm very excited to be like a proud slytherin and all this and then i developed that love before i had even seen or read any of the books that was just from working in universal then i married my wife and she forced me to watch them and i realized that being a proud Slytherin is really kind of like your own thing because if you try to bring Slytherin pride into the Harry Potter series, you get real sad really quick. Like, there's not one of us, not a single one of us in here that are good. And so, yeah, I I, I hate the books, but I love the world, if that makes sense. Makes sense. I read the books fairly recently, so I didn't have the childhood nostalgia to go with it. Yeah, And I've only seen the first couple of movies because Kaylee hates them. And I, I don't want to watch them when she's here because then I'll just hear for two hours after the movie's over why the book is so much better. Uh, the first one's bad overall. The first one was bad. The second one gets a little more exciting. And then it's just weird. I love the people who think The Goblet of Fire is a good flick or even a good story. Because at the end of the day, it's just the Olympics. Like, that's it. It's the Olympics with events that make absolutely no sense. Yeah, I definitely didn't see that movie. And I'm okay with that. Well, when Goblet of Fire, it's like three big things that the audience, everyone's coming to go see it. We're going to go see the Triwizard Tournament. And the first one if i can remember correctly the first event is like taming a dragon or something like that like defeating a dragon harry gets the dragon and leaves the arena meaning they're just staring at an empty arena the second one involves diving into the water to like go save something at the bottom 
And so now it's just an audience staring at a blank lake of water with nothing underneath it. The third one is a hedge maze that you can't see what's happening from above. It's three events that are meant for nobody to be spectating. They are anti-spectator sports. Oh, that just sounds really well thought out. Yeah, right? And I think someone was like, well, J.K. Rowling doesn't like sports, so she wanted this to make fun of sports. And I'm like, don't don't write that way. Like, if you don't like something and you don't understand it, don't try to write about it, because then you're just going to make the people who do enjoy sports and similar stuff mad for what you've done to them. Well, J.K. Rowling doesn't like a lot of things in people, so... Yeah. God. Yeah, we can't go down that rabbit hole. That yeah, rabbit we're not hole gonna make that. me very... Yeah, yeah. All I'm going to say is I don't have any Harry Potter tattoos, and that is not going to change, especially now. Oh, yeah. I think I thought about a Slytherin tattoo once, and then after everything came out about JK, I said, I'm good, actually. I'm all right. I'll get a Baudelaire orphan tattoo, because that's what I grew up with. I grew up with a series of unfortunate events. I never read them, but I watched the Netflix series. The Netflix series was really, really good. I honestly liked the Nickelodeon show, too, or the Nickelodeon movie. I, I really liked that as well as a kid. It, it was just so different uh, compared to anything you read as a kid because it was uh, kid stuff is always like, there's a few sad things, but otherwise it's happy-go-lucky. Meanwhile, series of unfortunate events is like the house burned down, they're being taken to their horrible uncle, worst thing happens, worst thing happens. And as a kid, you just kind of cling to it of, oh, this is different. I like this. It has been a day. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm the same way. I've been 3D printing stuff all day and then doing podcast appearances. And my baby woke me up, ripping out my hair and punching me in the eye. It was a very rough go for your boy at that moment. So how do you make seven podcasts with a wife and an, I'm assuming, human child? and still have time uh, for normal things like eating and using the bathroom. I rarely eat, which I guess is why I rarely use the bathroom, because if nothing goes in, nothing could come out. Uh, but yeah, no, it's my full-time gig. Like before, when I was doing this and, and had a day job, it was terrible because I would be here doing this or at the day job, and I barely got any time to see my family. And at one point I said, I'm going to give myself a year. Because a lot of my favorite podcasters and entertainers have been like, I did it with a day job. And then finally, at one point, I said enough was enough. And I'm going to try for a year and see if it happens. And so I picked the worst year to do that in 2020. But uh, yeah, I, I decided to do that. And it gave me a lot more time with my family. Uh, so podcasting is basically a 40-hour job. Because I can record a show that'll take an hour. It'll usually take me an hour and a half to edit it. And multiply that by seven shows and advertising that adds up to about 40 hours so how did you decide which topics you're going to do because i'm not going to lie i have no idea what your podcasts are uh well the first one was hey we're two white guys people obviously want to hear us talk right and that's that's a big no and so we that was just i missed my friend we rarely talked let's do a podcast together and eventually, over the years, that evolved into an improv comedy, long-form improv comedy podcast. Because in college, people would say, oh, we love hearing you guys talk. We don't know what you're talking about, but we love hearing it. And we had to, like, filter through the BS, pun intended, uh, filter through to figure out what it was about those conversations people enjoyed. And we realized it was when we would do improv, when we would come up with a weird character and talk about all of the tropes surrounding him and talk about all the stories we would come up with in our heads. So that's what that show became. Uh, but in the early days, we started talking about pro wrestling a lot. And we realized the majority of the people listening probably do not care about pro wrestling. So we started a separate show so we could start talking about wrestling there. Uh, then I had another friend who's a huge theme park nerd like I am. And we said, well, why don't we start a show where we try to build our own theme park rides? And so that's where that show came from. And just like each show kind of begets the next show in my head. They all kind of like evolve and come out of each other. Like me again, which is my kind of like baby project where 
every day I evaluate my day at the end and I talk about what I did that was awesome, what wasn't awesome, how I helped myself, what I'm grateful for. And that started as a BS project, uh, which is the first show I started, a load of BS. And that started when I think I went somewhere like on vacation and I realized I couldn't record a normal podcast that week. So instead, I just documented my vacation daily and I fell in love with that format and fell in love with this concept of having a crystalline thing that you can see like a whole span of a person's life and see what they were like every single day and what they were going through. Um, and so that's what kind of evolved into me again. Uh, Deviant, which is my um, uh, my space pirate audio drama, that came because I do uh, a show called Relativity, which is an audio drama set in space, and it's infinitesimally smarter than anything I could ever write. And it's coming to an end. It's it, the it's going to the end of its last season soon. And so I said, well, when that goes away, I kind of want to jump in that spot. Let me come up with my own audio drama. And so I, I ended up coming up with something akin to Star Wars, but with like some Guardians of the Galaxies vibe and very heavy metal aesthetic. Like that's that's kind of where that show came from. And God, there's so many of them. Uh, the BS book club is just I had audio drama or audio books out and I wanted more people to listen. So I actually published them so you can listen to the audio books. And my personal favorite is the one I was talking about earlier, JWF Ignition, which is a professional wrestling audio drama. Imagine everything you want in pro wrestling, which the matches, the promos, the fanfare. You just can't see it. And that's something I started doing all the way back in college. Like I would get bored and come up with full wrestling storylines out for an entire year and figure out, oh, I want to put this person here and this one's going to be a bad guy. And then these two are a tag team, but then they turn on each other and figure out like full storylines. And it, that was my ultimate baby project that I had to make sure became a thing eventually. I mean, pro wrestling is just something I never got into. I mean, I, I never specifically didn't get into it. It was just with me moving around like I did. I never really had anybody around in any of the stops to get me into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's under like I didn't get into wrestling until I was probably 15. Most people are like, I started watching when I was a kid. And I, I watched as a kid, but not enough to be able to tell you storylines or what happened at any certain time. I was like, that guy's big and he's cool. I like him. But nothing beyond that. It was kind of like Ninja Turtles or something like that. Just like, oh, I'm going to watch this action show and enjoy it. Uh, but when I grew up, I started to love it a lot more for the fanfare and the ambiance and all of like just the insane characters that they would come up with to put on pro wrestling. I mean, almost all of my pro wrestling experience is regular Nintendo games. I don't think I even got much past that era. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those N64, like, WCW games were amazing. Like, to this day, people stalk, still talk about how great those were. Um, but, yeah, for me, I, I fell in love with the fanfare. I loved, like, just seeing all of... Like, for me, it was almost kind of inspirational because the bad guys would come out and talk about, I'm amazing, I'm the best, even though they clearly weren't. And for someone with self-esteem issues, I was like fake it till you make it i understand okay and that's kind of what clicked with me is to get a real fake it till you make it attitude fake that self-confidence and then eventually you might actually have some uh so yeah pro wrestling actually helped me a lot out mentally which is a bizarre thing to say no it makes as much sense as anything else though i mean i've been finding random characters in comics to kind of do the same thing with my mental state Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, in all honesty, that's what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling is uh, a very akin to anime and comics. And because that's my favorite thing about comic books is not even reading them week by week, but looking up like just Spider-Man and then going to the Wikipedia for Spider-Man and then going to alternate versions and reading about all of the different alternate characters and reading about all of these weird what if storylines and that's the beauty of pro wrestling is you can look at a guy like John Cena click into his page and be able to read this long mythology for lack of a better word all about what he's done the character changes he's had the motivations he's had it's it's building a mythology and it it kind of it appeals to nerds in a special way because 
like I said, I could probably tell you just about everything about the career of John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and stuff like that. And it's it's a very nerdy thing to get into, which most people don't expect. It almost surprised me when I started doing a bunch of comic stuff how many comics people were also into pro wrestling because I just, for whatever reason, had never made that connection before. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's superheroes in real life is what a lot of people refer to it as. And it's, comics have a ton of pro wrestlers are major nerds. Some of my favorite ones will come out and have like their normal entrance gear, but theme it to look like uh, like Rey Mysterio once came out looking like the Joker. There's a guy named Johnny Gargano. He's made, done appearances as the Mandalorian. He's dressed up like um, uh, Iron Man, Captain America. Like they are hu huge nerds in pro wrestling. Here, let me write that down. I'll see if I can get some pro wrestlers on the other show. Yeah, bring them in. Now might be a good time because it's not like they're going to be doing much else. Yeah, I'd say, look, I, I don't know because I know WWE contractor wrestlers are tough to get because you actually have to go through WWE's like PR firm. But uh, there's this guy, Xavier Woods. He runs a YouTube channel called Up, Up, Down, Down, and he's a huge video game guy. But he also knows a lot about comics as well. He'd be a great guest for that show. Yes, I'm going to do it. Because you've seen the list for that. I mean, that's obviously I can't spoil anything because I'm talking about like everything that exists. But there are some pretty amazing games I'm going to be talking about over there. Oh, yeah, it's going to be very, very fun to a point where I'm like, once he gets to a certain point, I'm just going to start jumping in and be like, let me talk about everything. Let me talk about all the games. I mean, I will definitely get you on that one. I, we just have to get a little bit further in the timeline from our conversation earlier. Yeah, yeah, because, like, are, are you doing it in chronologically? We're talking shop a little bit now, but are you doing it, like, chronologically or? Roughly. I mean, I'm trying to, what I've been telling everybody is the example is I don't want to have them, like, super directly in a few episodes span comparing Arkham Asylum to the regular Nintendo Batman game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with in so for right now, you're kind of like in a space of when I was a baby. So I'm like, I don't remember Wait, much of this old at are all. You? I am 27 currently. Oh, you make me feel old. I'm 33. Oh, that's not that bad. I know. My co-host on Opposite Attractions. Well, one of my co-hosts is like 40, so it's okay. Ugh. It's no big deal. Might as well be dead. <laughs> No, it's fun, though. I mean, like, right now I'm looking at regular original PlayStation stuff, 64 stuff. I have to go back and get some NES games because, surprisingly, the Wikipedia list of games based on comics was not all that accurate for super obscure comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Wik Wikipedia is a great resource, but it is not the most reliable when it comes to lists. For nerdy things, stuff though, all the time. It, I've found yeah, it pretty yeah, yeah. accurate. Well, yeah, because nerds are obsessive and are willing to go back and look at, like, every single m m bit of minutia when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I tried to go in and put the release date for Super Mario Brothers, and the people running whatever page it was wouldn't let that edit stay because they couldn't find enough proof of when Super Mario Brothers came out. Oh, Wow. I didn't, I've never thought about something like that, but yeah, I guess you would need quite a bit of proof. Wouldn't it just be like an article reading Super Mario Brothers out, blah, 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 June 8th, 1991 or whatever? Yeah, but that would also have to exist. That's the fun part, because um, they released regular Nintendo over here, I think like a year earlier in like the New York, LA type markets, and then later they released it everywhere so it's like was super mario brothers out when it first came out was it not out did they wait for it to be available super everywhere nobody knows yeah so jumping back on the podcast thing for a little bit you have i think i believe you said seven in your twitter video yeah 
because I I can't count today. I've done that way too much already. <laughs> yeah, how I, have you I showed? How have I, you I showed the the This is why I'm starting to really love video. How have you not had a bunch of people come on as guests and stuff, or had a chance to go be a guest on other shows? Is it just a timing issue? It was. It was a timing issue. It was also a matter of not reaching out because a lot of my shows, I'm very comfortable in my own space and I get nervous about like inviting. And we've had other people come on the show before. Like one of my favorite guests we ever had was uh, this Scottish funk artist named Tom McGuire come on BS. And BS is not a show that lends itself well to uh, lends itself well to. Uh, to, 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 to guests because it's improv comedy and so me and my co-host are very used to each other and so we know how to riff back and forth we know we're very much on the same wavelength so i always get nervous about bringing someone in and like messing up the flow uh, and there are certain shows like uh, jwf where i actually do want to bring in guests i've been reaching out to a bunch of pro wrestlers like specifically independent pro wrestlers and have them come in and the beauty of it is they could just be them they could do a promo as them we could book them in a match we could do all kinds of stuff with that so that show i'm definitely looking for guests on but like i said there's some that i'm just a little bit nervous about especially shows like opposite attractions where it's us building our own theme park so we've already got our own thing going it's a weird for us to kind of break that up um it's just i've never been good with guests that's the reason why uh, as i was saying um in the video i posted i said i do seven shows but when i listed them i had eight and that's actually because of the show i used to do called fun fiction and that was a show where i would come on talk about harry potter or i would talk about transformers i would talk about deadpool whatever and then we would write a fan fiction about it and so then it would consist of us reading out this fan fiction live on air and at one point my co-host left and i said oh i guess i can just do it as a guest-based thing now and i think we managed to get two months of content out of that before i it just the well dried up because i i before re very recently i didn't have many contacts outside of maybe like oh no lit class and then oh, i'm trying to remember there's this guy who does this show called the millennial nerds podcast so i had a very small circle and it it, it dried up very quickly and it kind of soured me on on having people on my show at first but uh yeah it's something i'm definitely more open to now I think having guests is really the best thing I ever did for play comics. I started oh, that yeah, one yeah. trying to do it by myself. And then, you know, you have me talking for what was like 15 minutes about whatever game it was in those super early episodes. And then I had a, a regular co-host and then things just kind of fizzled out with him. And, you know, as it happens, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like I said, on, that's though, what it works. Yeah, that's that. I was very excited to try to do that with fun fiction, but like there were a few other issues I had with that show. Main one being like, that's not my tribe. Like pro wrestling, I can talk to you about pro wrestling all day, but at the end of the day, fun fiction in my head was a show reviewing movies, and then the fan fiction was a secondary part of it. Whereas the people who were coming were fan fiction people. There were people who loved fan fiction. I had one person uh, submit, because I would read fanfics other people wrote as well, and they submitted something they wrote, and they, I can't remember what topic it was on, but it was a legitimate, like, 500,000 word fan fiction. It was, like, full Game of Thrones style fanfics, like, long, long story. And that was the moment I realized, like, oh, this isn't my show. This is not my place to do this show. Like for you, I can tell you love comics, you love games. So I'm like, that's his show. That's what he needs to do. But for me, I was like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And so there were a lot of issues, but yeah, I, I, I definitely want to get back to having guests on and stuff like that. It's just, I, with stuff like the improv and stuff like that, I, I you get a little bit of nervousness of, what if I bring someone on who doesn't know how to do improv comedy? What if I bring someone on who's kind of wanting, because I've done a lot of shows recently where they're improv based or they have a very specific style. And I'm like, 
I'm weird, so I'm good with whatever, but what if someone comes on who's used to coming onto a show and talking naturally and just talking, like, having a good, genuine, normal conversation? I don't know if it would be as much of a fit. So that's kind of where I'm worried at with guests. Some of the best episodes I've done, though, the guests were people that I hadn't really talked to much before. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them were, like, capital be big name people and some of them were just random podcasters i had seen around the podcasting circles and either way it's just we get on and when you can have that super instant connection going it's really nice oh yeah that is pure magic when it happens i've been on a few shows where uh we would do talk about nothing and then i can't remember what the name of the show was which is bad because i'm about to talk about how great it was so you should go listen to it but uh, he was like hey i'm gonna do a cold open and just roll with it and i said okay he goes i've got my oldest friend in the entire world scotty moore here and i said and mentally i'm going he this man does not know me but in that moment, I was like, but I'm about to talk about him like we were old college friends. Let's go. And then from there, it just spiraled. It was a very, very good uh, hour-long discussion. Oh, I wish I could think of any possibilities for what that could be, and I have no idea. Uh Oh, Gravity Beard. The Gravity Beard interview podcast is what, what? it was. <sighs> really? Was it Chris or Adam? Um. Oh, wow. Well. I literally didn't get their name, which is the worst because through the whole thing, I had to keep talking about how they were my best friend in the entire world. So I was like, thank you, my best friend ever. And then I would never put the name in. It was probably Chris. Yeah. Just knowing that show, it was probably Chris. Uh, it was a good time, though. Like, I, I've I've only probably had a few, uh, less than a handful of shows that I went, uh... I don't know, but everything else has been very, very fun. I mean, I don't expect you to name any of the bad ones, but what have... No, I don't even want to ask you that because that might tell enough information. What um, have been... I'm going to cut that whole line. <laughs> of, I'm going to cut that whole pro thought process out. I mean, if you want, I have got a list going of do's and don'ts of how to have someone on your podcast. Yes. You're doing great so far. <laughs> what have been some of the major turnoffs that people have done when they've had you on the show? Um, once again, now I'm coming, I'm going back to your thought process and being like, oh, no, they're gonna know who they are if they listen to this um i've had some people make some bad jokes that don't land the one thing that irks me more than anything else are people when you go on to some if, if you host someone on your show as a host it's your job to kind of put that person over which is pro wrestling terms but it just means make them look good make them look like a star and i've had some people who acted like Oh, I'm doing you a favor for doing this. Oh, man, this is a big favor to you. And they're saying it on air. And I'm like, you're not making any of this look good for me or for your audience. So that was one. And then I won't call them out, but I did do a show where apparently I don't know if they had just gotten a soundboard or they really wanted to play some new sounds off their soundboard, but every sentence I said, they would punctuate with a sound off of the soundboard, and it just filled my ears throughout the whole thing. So it was nothing but obnoxious soundboard noises. It was so weird. See, on that one, I would have guessed Gravity Beard. No, 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 no. He, he was very kind. It was very quiet throughout the whole thing. We talked a lot about improv. That cat loves improv. Oh, it was definitely Chris then. <laughs> no, I know. I Let's had a see. show what? one time where, like, they were just coming on for a bonus episode to talk about, like, what worked in generalities, what works and what doesn't in a superhero game. But yeah. it turned into them, like, have you seen this movie? No. Have you seen this show? No. Have you read this comic? No. Just for, like, a, an hour of that kind of thing. And then at the end, oh, I, I thought you knew your stuff. I'm really disappointed that I did this. That's the work. Because, like, as much as it is 
the host's job to make the person their guests look good. It's the guest's job to make the show look good. Every show I go on, whether I had a good experience or a bad experience, I'm always like, let's be cool. We're both going to try to make the best product possible right now. So, yeah, that, that was a bad guest experience. And I will say this, like, read the room. If you're doing something and it's not working, like, I was on a show and a guy kept making jokes that weren't that funny. Some were a little sexist. And I was like, I wasn't laughing. Don't keep making those jokes. Don't keep doing that. Um, but uh, you kind of have to learn what you're dealing with and adapt in the moment. Like when I did Ignorance, Ignorance was, was Bliss with Kate, halfway through I realized like, oh, she doesn't watch movies. She doesn't watch movies or television or anything like that. So don't keep making movie references. Because in the beginning I'd be like, oh, have you seen Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix? No, I don't watch Netflix. All right. Don't bring that up for the rest of the show. Just know what story you're telling and adapt and move along the way. Now, I think Kate's show is a great example of reading the room, though, because that, I mean, you never really know what kind of episode you're going to get, except for, you know, when it's really dark and heavy, she'll let you know at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, her, her show was great, because, like, we... And I guess it is because I believe she's a psychiatrist. She knows how to probe you and get the like the questions out that she wants. And I was like, this is amazing. You're great. I mean, right before we started, I sent her and another guy a message of, hey, dude, go be on her show. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I think it was and then she tagged me. Yeah, you basically traded us like Pokemon cards, I think was my quote. Yeah. <laughs> it happens not even apologizing just yeah i have had a very nice run of getting good guests for her and well, I'm, I'm sorry sure she i had to gotten... end that well no i mean she was on your show first so i didn't get you on her show it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> yeah oh man i'm now just reliving some of the horror stories i've had now no, I had one, and I, I have no problem saying the name of this one because the show doesn't exist anymore. Geek Cinema Society. I was on that one, and it was, like you said earlier, it was almost like I was bothering them by being on the show. But the whole point yeah. of the show was to get a guest that had never seen the movie until they watched the movie to be on the show. Yeah, there are a lot of those. I didn't realize there were that many of that specific genre of film film podcasts, but there are a lot. I'm already, I think I'm booked on two separate ones now. I know I recorded one called Now You've Seen It. And I think I've, I've, I've been got... a horrible person and I haven't checked to see if that one's come out yet. But they were really good. I've, I'm doing Wait You Haven't Seen, I think is what it's called. And I think, I genuinely think they almost have the exact same name. I think the other one's like, You Haven't Seen This. Like, I think they're almost the exact same name. When the names um, are that perfect, it's hard to not use them. Yeah, right? Uh, but yeah, for me, the main thing I found with like guesting, especially on shows with more than one person, is a good host will look and be like oh you're here now awesome we're gonna be talking to you and welcoming you in and it, like when i did oh no lit class it was like i was there in their house with them like they're like can i get you a beer anything and i was like this is awesome that i've done a lot of shows where i've gone they acted like i was a third wheel like they were like that's the thing in the corner we're gonna talk to the thing in a few minutes i'm sitting here like all right that's cool i'm i guess i'm just here in the corner to be to be talked at yeah, it's not fun at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been very blessed to have some very great, great interviews, though. So I've, I've been at least happy about that. So how are you dealing with the inevitable fact that whether you break this record or not is ultimately not in your hands? Because I can just decide not to run this episode and then you fall one short. I'm aiming higher than I think I need to. So that's one of the things that I'm going with is aiming a little bit higher. And also I'm praying down the road I get some like audio drama gigs because for that, like I said, I do relativity, deviant, all that. 
for that, if they send me a script of a 10 episode season and I'm in four of them, I can bust that out in like 20 minutes. I mean, there's extra four, four episodes right there just getting thrown up into the repertoire. But uh, yeah, what I've got going right now is like a running spreadsheet. And every single time a new episode goes up, I'm in. I just throw it on there. It tallies everything up. And then at the end, like probably around November or December, I'll see where I'm at, see if anybody's not released anything. And then I could call their asses out and get that show to come out. But yeah, I, it, I've got a whole nerdy spreadsheet thing going. Spreadsheets are beautiful. Let's not lie. Oh, God, it's so good. It's Especially my favorite when you can get them color coded. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A color coded spreadsheet's amazing. Conditional formatting. I mean, you win my heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can't go off on this tangent because like I made our budget spreadsheet and like I was like, if it goes, if our if our monetary funds drop below five hundred, it turns yellow. Down below a hundred, it turns red. This color, like I we made this whole me, spreadsheet. I kind of have been looking at making one, and I've kind of been trying to use new cash, and I don't like putting things in my phone often enough to actually use new cash. Oh, it is probably the most simple thing in the planet. It's just a bunch of adding and just adding and subtracting formulas across a board where it goes from each week to week. Oh, I'm so just too lazy to list... actually do it. That's the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, no, I know what a budget is. So you don't understand. I mean, I created a spreadsheet when I was in college to calculate my grades so that I could know which finals I could slack off on. That's sad. That was satisfying. I remember doing that in college as well. Like, I think I could fail this test and I'll be good. I'm all right. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then like one, like a statistics one where it's all about spreadsheets. You're like, I've, I, can I just show you the spreadsheet I made that said I could fail this final and I'll be fine. They're like, you pass. <laughs> you can just leave. I had one class where they had done something weird with the grades and they said, if you don't take the final, you'll just take whatever grade you have now, and that's what it is. And so I, I came back, and I thought I had an A, and I had a B on the final grade. And I'm like, hey, look at my spreadsheet. I should have an A. Okay, fine. Just take it. <laughs> Let's just throw that in there. Fine. We'll just not deal with you right now. Uh, there's at least two separate classes I kind of forced my way into an A, and it's classes where I injured myself. I got, what year was it? I think it was my junior year. I almost got two concussions and two consecutive finals. Only two concussions. Have you talked to Matt Sanderson from, now I'm blanking out because it has been a day. I'm gonna... That's a long title for a podcast. I don't think I've, I don't think I've heard of them. Well, he also has the shorter title. I'm not even going to edit this out because Matt will totally understand forgetting things because he is on concussion number 1237. Oh my God. Wow. It's a really big number. Matt Sanderson from nooks and crannies. I follow them. I follow them. Um, I thought about appearing on their show, and then I realized it wasn't an Animal Crossing-themed podcast, and I was very nervous. You should do it. Okay. Despite the fact uh, that Matt is yeah. a Blue Jays fan, it's a good show. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I think there might have been three, but I've forgotten the last one for some reason. But one was the end of my scenery and lighting class because uh, theater. And there's a big metal pipe that hangs above the theater that you hang lights off of. And I was doing my final alongside a girl I had a crush on. So we were flirting back and forth. And I said, I bet I can do it faster than you. And she goes, challenge accepted. And at one point I ran trying to grab my last light and just cracked head first into the into the bat and hanging down like just dome first and then the other one is probably the proudest moment of my entire life because it was the end of my uh stage stage combat class and i wanted to be a pro wrestler through college so i was like this is the class for me 
and we had a hand-to-hand combat bit and at the end of it he was supposed to pick me up in his arms and just give me a backbreaker because I was begging my teacher to let us do a wrestling move. No, it wasn't a backbreaker. It was a knee strike to the skull, and then he hit the backbreaker. The problem is, you're supposed when you do a knee strike in stage combat, your head goes down next to the knee, and their hands hit the knee, so you get a a smack of like it hitting your head, and it's a great moment. The problem is, we had been rehearsing as if my we were I was going to be on the opposite side of the audience. So we last minute had to adjust things to where my head went on the opposite side of his knee and we get to the final performance. The very final time I have to do this, I start to go down, his knee starts to come up. We both simultaneously realize, oh no, my head's on the wrong side of his knee. We both make an adjustment and he full force colcocks me in the head with his knee. I jump up and he stares at me like, oh no, are you okay? And I said, I won't be if you don't finish this fight. Kill me. He picked me up and gave me the backbreaker. And I was like, yeah, that's all I needed. Man. I used to, I did the sports photography for Winthrop's newspaper while I was going to school. And so like the first basketball thing I did was their fan fest thing. And they had a slam dunk contest because, of course, they did. So this one guy, like, star shooting guard on the team, almost signed with the New Jersey Nets, which, you know, for a Big South school is kind of a big deal. Yeah. But he goes and he does his thing, and I'm sitting there, like, with my camera under the basket in the spot where I'm going to be during games so all the players know that this is where press people are going to be. Like, anywhere in this box, just be ready to not run over people. He dunks and his momentum takes him. So he's just going to, you know, kind of run it out going relatively toward me, but relatively toward me ended up being right at me. So I'm, I'm pretty much kneeling down so I can get that lower angle on the shot. And when I saw him coming toward me, I go and I'm kind of standing up a little bit and leaning back because I think he's going to curl in front of me. So I'm giving him room to curl in front of me. He went to try to jump over me. What? (laughs) And like, if he had tried to jump over me, it would have been fine. But instead I caught his knee in the side of my head. Oh my God. Yeah. That a knee to the dome hurts. No matter what, no matter where you're at, it hurts. No, it was fun. And I was very happy that they had a new basketball coach that year who was not the guy that was there the year before because I would never have been allowed on the floor ever again. Oh, wow. For someone else clocking you in the dome with their knee. Yep. Because, oh, no, I I would have messed up his, could have messed up his player, ruined their whole season. Jesus. I guess it's because I was raised like a theater kid that in sports always made me a little like, you're taking our spot. I'm a theater kid. How dare you get all the funding from this school? And then I remembered, oh, I go to a school in Alabama. Of course, they're going to be spending all their money on football. What else do they have down there? Yeah. I say that I've never been in Alabama for more than a few hours as I'm driving through. It's not, there's like, there's an interstate called I-20. If you stay on I-20 and the city's relevant to I-20, you're fine. If you go anywhere to the north or south of I-20, you're screwed. It's absolutely terrible. But I-20's all right. I'm going to remember that. I'm also Because it remember- literally... Because it literally goes from Atlanta through my city up to Birmingham, up to Huntsville, I believe, and then up to Nashville. Or that could be 65. But, okay, 65 to I-20 is fine. I think the fact that we're talking about roads means that we're probably about done. Or it might be the part where I've been up since 4.30 and it's 9 o'clock now. And I need to get sleep. Let's not lie. I'm an old man. We established that. Yeah, yeah. So 
if people want to hear more from you besides the 5 billion other podcasts that you're being a guest on for this crazy, crazy project, where else can they find you around the internet? You can find all of my shows at a load of We've got Fight Boys if you like wrestling, a load of BS if you want to hear us just improv a dumb movie. If you want to hear theme parks, there's opposite attractions. They're all available there at a load of And if you want me on your show, just hit me up on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S C O T T Y E M O. The DMs are open. Slide on in. And I'm assuming that you're going to be cool with me just sending you constant messages of, hey, you should go on this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing Kate did after I got done with Ignorance Was Bliss. She was like, I'm just going to list 50 podcasts in a tweet and send it out, and you just do what you will from there. And I said, okay. I don't remember what was on that list, except that the super obvious best choice, me, was on the list. But I'm sure that she gave you good choices to pick from. Oh, yeah, quite. I think Nooks and Crannies was on there, to be honest. So It probably was. I think you would enjoy doing that one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, well, one day I'm going to figure out how to end these shows, too. I still haven't gotten that. Not at this point, I think that just might be the thing, that that's how I end it. Yeah. (laughs) As always, we will have links down to everything in the show notes because it's so much easier than trying to spell things and type it out yourself. Other than that, just enjoy the sweet new outro music. Pour it into your ears. 